0: is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Germany's defense minister, Boris Pistorius, said that the 14 leopard tanks it has promised to Ukraine will arrive in, late March, early April. America is also sending 31 Abrams tanks. President Joe Biden announced a $400 million package that includes eight M88 recovery vehicles, which can tow the Abrams. Germany's move, taken after much dithering, allows Poland and other countries to export their German made Leopards. Ukraine is now hoping the West gives it fighter jets, but Olaf Scholz, Germany's Chancellor, insisted that there is no chance of that happening. Meanwhile, Russia launched a mass air raid on Ukraine during the morning rush hour. America's economy slowed slightly to an annual growth rate of 2.9% in the fourth quarter of 2022, down from 3.2% in the third quarter, according to early figures from the U.S. Commerce Department. The world's biggest economy beat market expectations despite rising interest rates eroding business activity but a recession in the second half of the year still looks likely. Seyfilo Saipov, an Islamist extremist who killed eight people driving a truck on a Manhattan bike path in 2017, was convicted of 28 federal charges. He could face the death penalty, a rare consideration in New York. America's Attorney General issued a moratorium on federal executions but allowed prosecutors to seek the death penalty in this case Russia outlawed one of the largest independent Russian language news websites Meduza as part of the government's media crackdown prosecutors said the site which has been critical of the war in Ukraine was quote, "undesirable and a threat to the country's security" Meduza was established in Latvia in 2014 It was blocked by Russia in March, but continued to post on Telegram, where it has more than 1.2 million subscribers. Israeli troops killed nine Palestinians and wounded multiple others during a military raid on Jenin refugee camp in the occupied West Bank, according to Palestinian health officials. Israeli forces said they were targeting Islamic militants plotting, quote, major attacks. It is the deadliest such single incident in years. Over 170 Palestinians were killed in raids in 2022, as part of what Israel calls an anti-terrorism offensive. France recalled its ambassador to Burkina Faso a day after agreeing to withdraw troops from the country. 400 French troops were fighting an ongoing Islamist insurgency, but Burkina Faso's government says it wants to defend itself. France has also fallen out with other African allies. After more than nine years in 2022, its soldiers left neighboring Mali without having completed their mission. Opium production in Myanmar jumped to a nine-year high, reversing a downward trend, according to the UN. Production has roughly doubled from the previous year, when the military junta seized power, to nearly 795 tonnes in 2022. Opium poppy cultivation increased by a third, while the potential yield rose by 88%. Myanmar's civil war and Covid pandemic have put its frail economy in a tailspin. And fact of the day, 775,014, the number of cars that emerged from British factories in 2022. The worst years since 1956.
1: And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Disney marks its centenary. The happiest place on Earth will be even jollier on Friday, as celebrations begin at Disneyland for the company's 100th birthday. Disney's first century has been a triumph. Today, the studio rules the worldwide box office. It has more streaming subscriptions than any of its competitors, and its theme parks are once again bustling now lockdowns have been lifted. But its boardroom is less cheery. Fewer people watch films in the cinema, and cable TV, Disney's main source of profit, is being replaced by streaming. Plus, despite all those subscribers to its streaming service, Disney is losing more than $1 billion a quarter. In November, the company fired its chief executive. His replacement, Bob Iger, now faces a challenge from Nelson Peltz, an activist investor who wants a board seat. Mr. Iger, who previously ran Disney from 2005 to 2020, has been given two years to steady the ship and find a successor. Disney's second century is starting with a bumpy ride. A Modi documentary reverberates in India In recent days, India's ruling Janta Party and its leader, Narendra Modi, have provided a textbook example of the Streisand effect that occurs when attempts to suppress something, in this case a controversial documentary, draw more attention to it. When The Modi Question, a BBC production, aired last week, the BJP immediately dismissed it as a propaganda piece for its account of the riots that killed more than 1,000 people, mainly Muslims, in Gujarat when Mr. Modi was the state's chief minister in 2002. The Hindu Nationalist Party then invoked an emergency law to ban the video on the Internet. Twitter and YouTube have complied by taking down videos, but clips continue to proliferate on social media channels. Activists and students have planned more screenings, even though some have been arrested. Media watchdogs have condemned the BJP's heavy-handed response, which raises more questions about the commitment to democracy of the party and its leader. The Race for the Republican Party Executive Some old-fashioned politicking is underway at the lavish waterfront Waldorf Astoria Hotel in Dana Point, California. On Friday, the Republican National Committee will choose its chair, who is responsible for fundraising and party messaging. For the first time since 2013, the race is contested. The incumbent of three two-year terms, Ronna McDaniel, is facing a stiff challenge from Harmeet Dillon a conservative lawyer. Miss McDaniel will probably win, but the contest has emboldened her detractors. Mike Lindell, a conspiracy theory-oriented businessman who is also running, has counted the failures of her leadership. The 2018 midterm elections when Republicans lost the House of Representatives, the 2020 presidential election, the 2022 midterms, and two runoff Senate races. Miss McDaniel's ties to Donald Trump have alienated never-Trumpers, while more insurgent types are calling for an organizational overhaul. But at a moment when the word Republican frequently precedes division, her message of unity and certainty may prove sufficient to get her over the line. Fighting Femicides in Spain On Friday, Spanish government officials will meet domestic violence experts to discuss a worrying increase in femicides, murders of women because of their sex. There have been six in January, as well as the killing of an eight-year-old girl following 11 in December. Since records began in 2003, the annual average has been 59. The government is reportedly considering allowing authorities to inform abused women if their partners have previous convictions for violent crimes. The country has made strides to protect women since 2016 when a court ruled that a woman's lack of physical resistance to the five men who raped her meant that the crime was not violent and therefore merely sexual abuse. The Supreme Court later found the men guilty of rape. In 2020, the country recorded proportionately fewer cases of femicide than several of its neighbors, including France and Germany. And unlike other countries, Spain counts any murder of a woman by a man, where gender is deemed to have played a role, as femicide. The 1619 Project Sparks More Debate The culture wars are coming to Hulu. In 2019, the New York Times magazine released a controversial set of essays that put slavery and the black American experience at the center of the country's founding and development. The 1619 Project divided opinion. It won a Pulitzer Prize for commentary in 2020 while being denounced by some historians for factual inaccuracies. Several school districts, such as Chicago, Embraced it as curriculum for pupils. Elsewhere, whole states, such as Florida, have banned it, favoring more traditional views of American history. Now, the controversy will be streamed in a six part series produced by Oprah Winfrey and Nicole Hannah Jones, the project's creator, among others. Each episode adapts an essay from the collection to show how slavery impacts the present day. So far, Reviews have been mixed. Some praise it as innovative. Others say it falls short of some more original documentaries about the black experience. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers, and as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country By 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. Which Italian ski resort was the site of the 1956 Winter Olympics? Thursday. Which Zodiac sign covers those people born between April 20th and May 20th? The winners of last week's crossword Thank you to everyone who took part in our new weekly crossword published in the weekend edition of Espresso. The winners chosen at random were Chiao Chen Shu, Chiba, Japan, Ramon Aspurura Nunez, Caracas, Venezuela. Denise Diaz, Madrid, Spain. They all gave the correct answers of Development, Disney, OSINT, and Turkey. Check back tomorrow for this week's Crossword. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Paula Rego. Art is the only place you can do what you like. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence,